0: Changing your life one story at a time. This is the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast with Editor-in-Chief Amy Newmark. Hey, it's Amy Newmark with your Chicken Soup for the Soul. And today I'm sharing two stories from our new book, Chicken Soup for the Soul, Listen to Your Dreams. So I really believe that you can use your dreams as a kind of GPS for navigating your life your dreams are worth listening to because they can make a big difference in your relationships, your career, your health, and your overall happiness. And sometimes our dreams act like an early warning system too. Maybe they're not really warning us, but because we've dreamed about a potential accident or natural disaster in advance, we're prepared for it when it actually happens. And that's what happened to Debbie Sistar. She worked nights And before she went to bed each morning, she watched the news and she checked the weather. So one Tuesday morning when she was sleeping after working on a Monday night, she had an intense dream about a bad storm. And there was the sound of a train in the background in the dream, and Debbie also heard the word closet. And then she had the same dream the next morning when she went to bed after working Tuesday night. And this time she remembered more. This time there was a terrible storm. There were high winds and heavy rain and the sound of a train and a voice in her head saying, safe in your closet. And in the dream, she saw a flash of light out her bedroom window. And when she got up to look outside, she saw skid marks right outside her window in her perfectly manicured lawn. And then once again, Debbie woke up, looked outside, and saw that nothing was wrong, and it was another beautiful day. Then the next morning, she had the dream again. So that was the third time. This time, she remembered all the details from the first two dreams, but with the added information that it was a tornado, and that was the train sound. And once again, she heard a voice telling her it would be safe in her closet. Now, Debbie lived in a double-wide, which is a home that is made from two trailers joined together. So we all know that tornadoes are a big threat to trailer homes. And so the dream was quite disturbing. But when Debbie got to work, everyone was talking about the beautiful weather and what they were all planning to do on the upcoming Easter weekend. And Debbie had a long weekend planned herself and plans with her kids. So she shrugged off the dream. Well, then she had it again for the fourth morning in a row, and this time her daughter woke her up, telling her there was a bad storm outside. But Debbie was prepared because of that recurring dream. She hustled her daughter into the closet, and then they prayed for their neighbors, because where they lived, most people were on five acres and lived in trailers, so everyone was vulnerable. The storm passed quickly and then Debbie and her daughter emerged from the closet and they looked around. Debbie says, everything was a mess. Things were tossed around. Storm windows were blown inside. Walls were lopsided. Cabinets had been emptied. Furniture was thrown around. The cement pilings from under the house were pushing up through the floorboards, but not breaking through the carpet in every room except the one where we were. The house was warped and the outside doors would not open. I could see that our three large covered decks and our three-car carport were all gone. I opened the bedroom window and climbed outside. Our well house was gone. The wooden playset with swings, slides, sandbox, and a fort was missing. And now here's the kicker. Debbie says they had a room under their home and that's where she would have sheltered for sure if it weren't for the dreams in which a voice kept saying, safe in the closet. That room under the house was destroyed. It would have been a terrible place for them to hide from the storm. So, Debbie learned how to do the right thing during a tornado, courtesy of her dreams. And Kat Samworth had a similar experience. Her father was diagnosed with an incurable lung disease, but he was ignoring it and leading his normal life. Occasionally, he seemed short of breath. But for a year, everything went on as usual, and Kat really didn't do anything differently with regards to visiting him. Then she was shocked when they were standing side by side at her father-in-law's funeral, and her dad said to her, I'm next. She just pretended not to hear him. But a few months later, she heard him violently coughing. Her ability to totally deny his situation was beginning to erode, but not enough. One day, her father shocked her when he said, I want to talk about my demise. But then she dismissed that too, saying something upbeat about how he was doing great. She just didn't want to go there, even though he was trying to. Her mother told her too that things were getting worse. Kat says, I found ways to push it away. I busied myself with chores. I floated through life in a numb state and I avoided visiting him. I frequently drove past my parents' house in my travels around town. As I passed by, I'd think to myself, I really should stop in and visit dad. But a stronger force often convinced me to wait until another day. On occasion, teetering with indecision, I'd park across the street and sit in my car. My belly, sick with dread, I'd ask myself, do I have the courage to face him today? I would quickly come up with excuses to put off the visit and find myself driving away. That was a lot of denial, right? And Kat was heading down a very dangerous path to an outcome she would regret and never be able to undo. And then, luckily, she had a dream. In this dream, she was in a small, plain room across the street from her parents' house. It was like a waiting room or a holding room. And the room was filled with people who were crying in grief about her dad. And Kat sat there crying with them. So remember how Kat would sit in her car across the street from her parents' house, but then not go in? Well, that dream was obviously her subconscious talking to her and saying, hey, get your act together and face the truth. You sitting across the street and not visiting your father is wrong. He is dying and you need to spend time with him and be there for him. Kat says, this dream shifted me. It opened me up to the despair and pain that I'd been working so hard to push away. And so I began visiting dad regularly. No longer did I dismiss his words. I sat with him and listened as he spoke of getting his things in order. He wanted to make sure my mother would be taken care of, a new roof for the house, a new car, a list of repairs, and more. During one of our visits, dad looked me in the eye and told me how much our relationship meant to him. Because of that dream, which was Kat's own mind telling her what she already knew, what the right thing to do was, Kat ended up having lots of visits with her father before he passed. She told him she loved him and he said it back and that was something they hadn't done before. She got his instructions for the things she needed to do to help her mother after he was gone and that made him feel much better assured that he was leaving Kat's mother in good hands. So that's why our new book is called Chicken Soup for the Soul, Listen to Your Dreams, because your dreams are a very powerful tool for navigating your life, resolving issues, working through emotions, and just staying on your path to your own happiness. If you'd like to learn more about Chicken Soup for the Soul, listen to your dreams, go to our website, chickensoup.com, and click on the podcast button. You'll see the book there. You can check out the front cover and the back cover and you can read more about it. You can also click on our book trailer there and you'll see me share four more stories from the book with photos. And you'll find this new book wherever books are sold, including Walmart, Target, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, Costco Canada and Amazon. Come back next time to hear a couple of really fun stories from our new book about how age is just a number. I'm going to share two stories from two ladies who found love later in life. One, a woman who finally found her soulmate in middle age, and another from a widow who found her new husband through online dating in her late 80s. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go.